Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Are live with another episode of Bully Ball. I'm Jason Aparte, joined as always by Steph Sanchez from Colorado. Steph, what's the buzz like over there with the Denver Nuggets being in the NBA Finals, even if they lost in Game Two? I know you don't care. Don't don't give me that <laughs> I don't care, man face. I don't. I know you don't care. But what's the buzz like? It seems like know. you know that you don't know. <laughs> no, I I don't care. I feel like um. I don't go to like downtown much, so maybe the buzz is bigger there. But I'm from obviously the Bay area and you know, when the Warriors were on their first, you know, championship run with the Curry era, it was mayhem. Like everyone. And I mean, everyone was into it. Everyone was buying the NFC championship, the, the conference championship shirts. They were sold out at Dick's or or whatever store you wanted to find them. They were, they'd be sold out. I just went to a, I don't even remember what store, I think it was like Kohl's or I don't know. It was, it was some store and they had some. The rack was full. They were not sold out. I'll, I'll just say that. I just feel like the buzz here is different. And they're diehards when it comes to um, the Broncos. They like their Rockies. Like you always see emblems on the car and whatnot. The team that's always missing is like the Nuggets for some reason. And maybe it's because they've been bad for so long. Not to say that there aren't people that care. There are people that do, but I don't. And my girlfriend doesn't, who is native from here, and I don't know, man. I, I don't care, no, man. No, I, I kind of want a, the heat to win. <laughs> such a Rich Madrid answer. Oh, all right, let me ask you this while we wait for people to get in here. Um, do they care more about the avalanche, you think? 
Yes, absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's hockey, man, and the yeah. Avs are pretty good. So, yeah, and and you know, for me, I'm not I'm not a Knicks fan, but New York, when the Knicks are in the playoffs and winning, like you see all those videos outside of Madison Square Garden, the city is those are hilarious. Yeah, they're they're insane. They're nut jobs. Uh, they deserve all the slander. But the city is always better when the Knicks are playing well and the Knicks are our playoff team. And mm-hmm. and this year it was the Knicks, the Rangers, the Yankees will be in the playoffs again. It, it's always better, even though I only care about the Yankees. It, I, I will admit that the vibes are better when the Knicks are playing well and, and those guys are yelling in the street and cursing about Kevin Durant. So, all right. Anyway, nobody cares about that. So, quarterback news. Might as well just start with it. At first, there was an article that came out, Matt Mayoko speaking about Brock Purdy's timeline and timetable. And now there seems to be, I don't know. I I don't even know what to call it, Steph. I really don't. I woke up this morning and there was a lot of text messages in my phone about like, what's going on with this? And why does it seem like he might be pulling it back? I'll let you fill us in on on what you feel like is going on. Well, first, like, should we talk about the article? Because like, I feel like there might be some people who maybe haven't seen it, um, or, or read the article. So basically, yesterday morning, Matt Mayoko put out an article that was titled Why Signs Point to Purdy Opening Season as 49ers Starter, in which he pretty much said that all signs point to, you know, Brock Purdy starting week one. And here's a direct quote. Uh, thank you, Rob, for putting that up. It says, if Brock's road to a full recovery stays true to the 12-week time frame, he would receive full medical clearance to play football around August 21st or 20 days before the start of the 2023 NFL season. So, again, like this base – and also I think some of the optimism that we were hearing from Kyle Shanahan would seem to suggest that there's a real possibility that Brock Purdy is going to be ready week one. Right. Like that's the sense that I'm getting. But I think what people are taking this to mean is he's definitely going to be ready week one. There's still an if in this statement. The sentence literally starts with an if. As of right now, everything looks great with Brock Purdy's recovery. I mean, he's he has started throwing um, a regulation football that is all great news. As of this point, it is June 6th. No setbacks. Right. As we know, anything can happen between June and in August 21st or what this date that, that we have. So the, the situation is still fluid. And so I think people saw this and started running with, well, he's definitely going to be ready week one. That is not what Matt Mayoko was saying. He's also not saying that. I mean, I think people were saying like the team believes that he's going to be ready week one. I don't, I don't know if that's really what he's saying either. I think because people are leaving out the if part of this. And so I think that's why this morning we saw Matt Mayoko kind of, or not this morning, it was like 11 PM last night. He was 11 PM Pacific. Yes. It was like 10 45 Pacific time. And he responded to two, um, two tweets saying, this is, that's not what I said. This is what I said. And he, he put, pulled out this quote, like, that direct quote that he was saying that that points out the if Brock's road to full recovery stays true to the 12 week time frame. So I yeah, I don't know what to make of that. I think do you do you feel like Matt was maybe instructed or asked to clarify that a little bit because um, some of these pages who are highly followed? I mean, SF Niners, Brad's our boy. So like 
tons of followers, you know, respect his work. But do you think that that could have been why Mayoko at 10.45 at night is, like, <laughs> feeling the need to respond? I would think he'd be asleep by then, usually. I, I don't know. I, I, that's hard to say. I do think that what he is saying and the way that I perceived it was is that now the the idea of Brock Purdy being ready for week one is starting to get into the 80%, 90% range. And the optimism that the team had had the entire time is now coming to fruition little by little. He hasn't had any setbacks. He hasn't had any soreness. Everything looks and, – and by the way, let me reiterate, this is best-case scenario because we can eventually start talking about football players on this team that are not the quarterback if the quarterback is set, ready to go. But I, I don't think it's that. I think that he really wants to clarify that what he's putting out there is the timeline that is being spoken about. It's not 100%, but it's getting closer mm -hmm. and closer to that number. So I'll say that. I think it's that more than anything. And I just want – I think he wants everything to be clarified. I do think the Sam Darnold take thing kind of – I don't know if it spooked him a little, but he wants to make sure that everything that he's saying is understood and realized because you guys are internet bullies. You guys are internet bullies, right? Like you're just yelling at him about what he said without listening to everything that he said. And that happens a lot with, with not just Mayoko, with many people. You read a part of the quote that – enrages you the most and you lose sight of the entire quote and you you lose yeah. sight of the entire thought but for me I, I i don't really think it's anyone telling matt to i think matt is somebody who has a lot of journalistic integrity and somebody who would want the full story the full scope of what he was saying the full uh article idea to be out there and i do think it was more around the premise that everything is trending in this direction but it's still not certain yeah absolutely and I mean, one thing that's kind of come up with this entire discussion, I, I've seen people saying that Matt Mayoko is walking it back. He's not. Like, at what point is he walking any of this back or taking back what he said? He's not doing that. I mean, he's just simply clarifying what he said. And by the way, there is a possibility that if you try to look at this article from the URL that he posted it from yesterday, it won't work because NBC Sports updated their site. And so the article was not taken down. I just want to like clarify that because there might be some people who think that. Um, and yeah, that's that's reasonable to think. But I, I think uh, if you just search the article, it's, it's still up. So this is not being walked back. This is, yeah, this is the new site. So that's what it looks like now. Um, yeah, so this is not being walked back. This is not being deleted. You know, uh, I, I think fans are making this a way bigger deal than, than it needs no. to be, man. You don't no. say. No. No way. No, Steph, wait a minute. Our you fans would never, man. You 49er fans blowing something out of proportion? Oh, come on. I can't hear that. I don't know. That'll never happen. <laughs> but, okay, on that same note of people, like, blowing things out of proportion – this conversation of Brock Purdy being ready week one has now brought back another conversation, which is Trey Lance potentially being traded, right? Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, you already have Sam Darnold. We already know how this team feels about Trey Lance. I've been saying, like, the writing has been on the wall, right? So, and I think it's reasonable to think, I still think he, he will be traded at some point. And we, we're now past the June 1st uh deadline quote-unquote deadline that I, I had kind of thought a trade could happen and it's precisely the reason why I didn't think Trey Lance would be traded 
during the draft because of the cap hit that would um, occur if they traded him before June 1st. We are past that point now. So now you don't pay as much money or you don't take as big a cap hit if you trade him at this point and, and beyond uh, in this season. So it's brought back that conversation. Right or wrong, I I think, again, I, I feel like it, it's a possibility, but I don't know if it's going to happen now. Like, I still feel like the 49ers would be ill-advised to trade him before things are a little bit more clear with Brock Purdy until he's fully cleared. I, I would like to then have that conversation. I don't want to have it right now. Um. Yeah, I mean, I could understand why people would think this, right? You're hearing all these good reports, and and I think I saw someone in the chat like, well, why are they working out more quarterbacks? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I do want to at least throw this out there. They have a kicker that they can get rid of who, you know, is is holding up a 90-man roster spot right now as well, too. So why wouldn't you take a chance on another guy maybe to have on a practice squad as well, too? And I just think that as of right now, unless they get blown away or something like that, I, I just don't really see them making the move considering the injury concerns, right? Brock comes back and he's ready to go, but he gets injured. And now you're left with Sam Darnold and Brandon Allen. And do you feel good about that? Like, why wouldn't you keep a kid around who could possibly reach some of that potential if he gets some more game reps? So I, I just, uh, again, I understand why this is a conversation. I'm just not ready to start saying, yeah, it's definitely going to happen. When you consider how many quarterbacks have been injured, when you consider the frequency in which quarterbacks get injured over this entire tenure, and then be, even before that, as we've only had one season with a, with a full quarterback uh, season, which is Jimmy Garoppolo in 2019, uh, the idea of moving Trey Lance for whatever you can get at this point doesn't really make sense to me. But again, I've been firmly in this camp, and I'm going to reiterate my stance. Brock Purdy was healthy, ready to go, no questions asked, didn't tear his UCL. Trey Lance would have already been traded, I believe, in my opinion. And also, it, it just it doesn't feel right to do that at this moment when there's still a small percentage of, hey, Brock may not bounce back right away or or he may not be the, the guy. Like, the, you know, again, 49er fans don't like hearing, hey, there's a possibility that Brock Purdy might not be that guy that you saw for those eight games. Like, that, that's in the realm of possibilities. It's in the range of outcomes. But they don't like hearing that. Brock's ready. He's healthy. He's going to be exactly that guy. I hope so, too. But that doesn't always necessarily translate to what will happen. So why wouldn't you insulate yourself? Why wouldn't you be convicted in having as many quarterbacks as you can have? We reached our convicted quota. We got to yeah. drop that at least like once a pod. I do it on 49K too. <laughs> I'm doing it. I mean, uh, Rob added it to the, to the, you know, the buttons. So it's definitely getting added in. Um, one of the things that, that came out from this article that I thought, I thought this was the most interesting one, this, this interesting nugget of it was – there will be no quarterback that will beat out Brock Purdy on practice reps. And this is the, the exact mm -hmm. quote, quote. There virtually will be no way one of the other quarterbacks will be able to take the job away from Purdy based solely on practices. Why? Because Purdy has already shown in games what he brings to the team. I thought that was 100% more interesting than the idea that Brock is trending in the direction that he is because it's been, it's been put there and the optimism has been there since – he had the surgery. There's been no sort of ever, like, there was no uh, pushback, anything like that. Everything felt right. This feels a lot more concrete, wouldn't you say, Steph? Yeah, and I, I think we figured this, though. Like, when the season ended, I think we all knew that what Brock Purdy did outweighs what any of, you know, Trey Lance or Sam Darnold 
would eventually do in these practices. I think, and, and that's why I think like we, we've, we feel for Lance because we're like, Oh man, like he's not really getting a fair chance. Like we just want him to be able to get a fair chance. And in actuality, like that's a really tough ask just because like Brock Purdy has already done it in games and it's not just any games. It's the, the type of games that he was able to win playoff games, like high, uh, high intensity games with uh, tough opponents that he was able to, you know, win with this team. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough for any other quarterback on the roster to be able to then, you know, beat out Brock Purdy. And truly, I think the only way that we see any of those other quarterbacks potentially beat out Brock Purdy is if Brock Purdy is a different guy, if he's not the same guy as he was last season right if, if he's having some mental struggles overcoming this injury um or or what have you so or the injury yeah, just tough, flares but up it's not again. surprising or the no. injury flares up again right like what if there's a setback during the season yeah. like all of those so with the uncertainty of all that you mean to tell me it's time to move away from from the young man that's the part that i really don't understand i'm sorry i didn't but mean sam to... darnold jay sam darnold he's the and that's what's so fresh <laughs> like everyone as soon as the possibility of Brock Purdy not being ready week one or not being the same guy, a lot of people, national media guys, who I would assume have spoken to someone within the team, I'm just assuming that, they all mention Sam Darnold. Everyone, not one of them has <laughs> like mentioned Trey Lance. The last time that Ian Rappaport uh mentioned Trey Lance he was just like Trey Lance I guess like <laughs> because he got slapped on the hand for not mentioning Trey say, Lance last time the 49ers sent that text like hey hey watch your mouth <laughs> the <laughs> so 49ers sent sounded, that hey watch your mouth text uh, stop he stop sounded, <laughs> he sounded salty even had to mention Trey Lance but that's yep. my point right if Brock Purdy is not going to be the guy their contingency plan their plan b their insulation is Sam Darnold. It is not Trey Lance. Hmm. That's that that <laughs> that's hmm. the that is the sense that I am gathering. I think uh, you sound stressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a little bit. I just I'm trying to picture the way that they're explaining to to Trey Lance that they're trading him. And it reminds me of one of my like my favorite Simpsons sayings and and you know Rob's going to put it in there. So that's it after 20 years. So long, good luck. I don't recall saying good luck. It's kind of what it feels like the 49ers are going to say to Trey if they ever do it. It's just, I, I don't know, you know, what's going to happen. Uh, obviously, anything can happen. Anything will happen when it comes to the 49ers. Um, but, man, it, it sure does feel like we'll never really know what Trey Lance ever was. And the fear is that you're going to find out somewhere else. Yeah. And I think the question I'll pose to you, Steph, is hypothetically, Trey Lance gets shipped somewhere else and he figures it out and he looks like what they thought he would. How bad does that look on the 49ers? I mean, it, it looks terrible. You Because they didn't have the patience. That's simply it. They didn't have the patience to um, develop him, to see what he can be. And I get it. It's because they're in this win now window and you know, they, they got to seize the opportunity. They got to go with the quarterback who gives them the best chance to win games. Cause that's where they're at. 
And so it looks terrible with, in, in hindsight, why they made the pick in the first place. That's what reflects badly on the 49ers. If you knew that you were in this window and you weren't going to have the patience to develop someone and see what they can be. And all this talk about, well, Brock Purdy, his, his mechanics were bad coming out of college. If you knew all that, why did you draft him? Why, why'd you draft a project? And if you didn't know, or just decided to ignore the fact that, you know, his throwing motion or his mechanics weren't all there, why did you draft him? Why did you invest all of these picks for him? It, that That's what reflects poorly on the 49ers. It already does. But lucky for them, Brock Purdy worked out. That's that's their saving grace. It like, is. That's the, it's the only thing that, that makes us, you know, quote unquote, forget that it makes it easier they made this to deal big with. mistake. Yeah. It makes it absolutely. easier to deal with. And I think there's a there's a misevaluation portion of this as well, too. You know, you know what I've noticed when Trey Lance was first drafted, he's the most pro ready guy. He's ready to go as a pro. And then, I oh mean, he's a huge project. I don't know. We have. What? When did this? When did that change? Like what? When did the evaluation from him being a smart guy playing in a pro style offense who who runs a lot of Shanahan concepts and is smart, has all the all the tools, everything to. He's a project. He's literally a player that we're trying to turn from a tight end to a quarterback. It almost sounds like when they're talking about him and not only the misevaluation portion, but the timeline that they were on. Again, I'll say it again. And I've said it a million times. When you pick at number three, generally, no, not generally for the most part. No, you know what? Most of the time, 99% of the time when you're picking at three, you're a bad football team. You're a very bad football team. That's why you're picking at three. And then when you have a team that has all this going for them in terms of Super Bowl window, you can't afford the patience for Trey Lance. If you wanted a guy who was going to be ready right away, you could have stayed at 12, you could have drafted Micah Parsons and, and loaded this roster up way more, maybe stuck with Jimmy one more year, maybe waited for Kirk, whatever. But using all of this to draft a player that at first you believe was pro-ready and now everybody throws around the term project, Screams misevaluation and screams not being on the same timeline. Yeah, and, and that's that's pretty much what happened. And it, like I said, it reflects really, really badly on the 49ers. And I think like the criticism of how this team has handled the quarterback situation is so, so fair. Like it, it's so warranted it, and deserved because it's like they don't really have a plan you know, it feels like, and, and they can just pivot, which is scary. Like in some sense, it's like, okay, at least they're not. Okay. Let me not say that they don't pivot because they, they stuck with Jimmy Garoppolo for a little longer than I personally feel that they should have. Hey, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's going to be my new hey, stick. You, now. Hey, hey, you want him back. That's, that's, that's my new stick. Now it's bothering people about Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm sorry. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. It, it just, it feels like they don't really have a plan. They're okay with going to the next guy always. And there's no stability. There's There's been no stability. Even when Jimmy Garoppolo was here, it felt like there wasn't any stability because he was always getting hurt and you always had to have like a plan B there, which they often did not. It's just been a mess. It, it's been a mess, and I would like this to get resolved. That being said, 
if Brock Purdy is the guy, like I really hope that he works out because I just want stability at the position. And I I don't want to keep talking about who, you know, who's going to be the backup. Like what other team do we spend this much time talking about who's going to be the backup? Well, the this is a long-lasting tradition with the 49ers. A long-lasting tradition. Let's let's do the let's do the history. Fans want to see what Joe Montana has. Well, then Joe Montana gets in. Well, then fans want to see what Steve Young has, and then Steve Bono, and then Derek David Carr, and then Colin Kaepernick, and then Jimmy Garoppolo, and then what is it? Is it because possibly the football gods saw the 49ers strike gold, no pun intended, with J- Joe Montana and then Steve Young back to back, two of two top ten quarterbacks of all time, back to back, no questions asked, and then said. We are going to put you through quarterback hell for the rest of your time. That's your fault. And that it's like, we're going to give you heaven in the beginning, and then we're going to give you hell after that. But it seems like the 49er fan base has been doing this forever, right? We didn't have Twitter back in the day when it was Joe Montana and Steve Young. But I would have loved to have heard the conversations because it feels eerily similar to, I'm Team Jimmy. You can't get rid of Jimmy. I want to see the kid play. Let's play Trey Lance. So – Real quick, just to double back on this, my father, who gave me the game as a 49er fan, was so furious at the idea that the 49ers didn't want Joe Montana back and was like, I'll never watch them again. And I'll... he lied. <laughs> but it's so funny how everybody has all these strong takes about the quarterback. And it's been happening for decades. And it's just something I feel like we're always going to have to deal with, unfortunately. You know, Grant, um, not too long ago, I think yesterday or the other day, he he posted a tweet and he was like, there's like, I think he listed like five franchises that can, can just continue to print money without winning a Super Bowl. One of those teams were the 49ers because, you know, to your point, your dad, he, he got pissed off of some of the decisions they made. People are going to continue to watch. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like they have a hole on us and yeah, we're, we're mad about the quarterback position and, and how they handle that. And some other things, the fact that they haven't won a super bowl in, you know, decades, but we're still going to watch and we're, we're, yeah, that's a tweet, Rob, dude, you pull that up so fast. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So 49ers, number one, Cowboys, mm-hmm. Steelers, mm-hmm. Packers. And it's, it's true. It's facts. Cause they're storied franchises they that landmarks. have, that have won in the past. And so they have this fan base and there's less, I don't want to say pressure, but yeah, maybe there is less pressure to pull all your chips on the table. And right now they're in this mode where they're taking the safe route. You know what I mean? Like Brock Purdy, he's the safe route. Jimmy Garoppolo was the safe route. People get upset when they stay in moments, right? Like, I'm the master of that, saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. But they'll say, I don't watch. I'm not going to watch. I'll never watch. If Jimmy Garoppolo's back on his team, I'm not watching. Week one, you're tuned in. You know why? Because you want to see what Jimmy Garoppolo's got to do. And NFL is king, regardless. The NFL is king. So the 49ers have their fan base, which is, you know, go to any away game and you know what it is. Same thing with all of those other franchises there. They travel. It doesn't matter if the Packers are here at MetLife. It's green as well, too, but it's yeah. green and yellow, and there's a bunch of cheese heads there. Those landmark franchises are always going to have that. 
But the NFLs came regardless. They're going to make their ratings regardless. People are betting now on football. People are playing fantasy football for high stakes. Everybody watches football. They they own a day of the week, for God's sake. So I don't even think that necessarily like boycotting the team or like going not watching would do anything. But nobody has the strength to do that. So stop lying. I don't like when people say that at all. I won't watch. Yeah, right. <laughs> what else are you going to do on your Sundays during the fall? What are you going to run errands? You're going to go to Home Depot and Lowe's because your wife's asking you? No. Your excuse is I have to sit and watch football. So don't lie to yourself. But, yeah, unfortunately. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Going back to the topic of, of Brock Purdy and him being ready week one, do you have any fear at all that the 49ers are maybe rushing him back? No. Um, I think that this is what they've always wanted. And I do think that Brock won't allow himself to be rushed back because his contract is only for a million dollars or less than that. Now, when you look at California state taxes, that's not a lot after that. Right. So he has to protect himself. He wants to be able to go to the, the, the table and say, you know, this is what I've done. I'm fully healthy. This, this, and this, I don't think in any way that he would allow them to rush him back. And Hey, you know what stuff? If Brock's not ready week one, so right, man. Sam Darnold is there. He's here to save the day. So I, I mean, I don't think they're, I don't think they're necessarily rushing him back either. But they really would like to have him there to start the building up process of this offense and getting it back to what you saw last year. Week one against the Steelers. That's not the Colin McKivitz. That's not my favorite matchup. Get ready, pal. Get ready, pal. T.J. Watt is coming for you. Um, Tyler, thank you for the donation, buddy. Is this a form of karma, Jason and Steph, at the quarterback position and our lack of successful development? I do think when you kick the can down the road and you get it wrong for so many years that this is the position you find yourself in, Steph, right? Not evaluating Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson because you think Kirk Cousins is coming. Uh, this evaluation process of all the quarterbacks, obviously you had no shot at Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson. Thank God for Zach Wilson. Um, but you could have had someone else. I don't want to mention his name. What do you think? <laughs> But this, yeah, I, 
oh, this is why I I say like the pick did not make sense. Pick and mm-hmm. Trey Lance did not make sense. Like mm-hmm. because if you look at if you look at what the 49ers are going through right now and why they like Brock Purdy is because he has experience and he played well. What did Justin Fields have over Trey Lance? He had the experience and more or less like he had the mobility and he had all that going. So from that standpoint, he give Justin Fields could give you some of the same things that I think Trey Lance could have, but and- he had the experience. Right. And I think which is something they they care about clearly because now they're using that as the point to say we like Brock Purdy because he has the experience and he looked good in these games. That that's always the talking point why like against Trey Lance. He doesn't have the experience, but this guy does. You know who had the experience coming out of that draft? Justin oh, Fields. Yeah. Matt and- Jones. I mean, people don't like that one, but but no, they hate that one. But I mean, it is true though. I mean, you didn't have to trade all. You could have had first round picks and still built around uh, Mac and everything as well too. He would have operated the offense right away, right, like that. Yeah. But with the Justin Fields thing, while you were waiting for his passing to develop, stop me if this sounds familiar. While you're waiting for his passing to development uh, to develop, you can run the ball with him and he can run. But he's faster than Trey. He can hit the edges faster. He knows how to make things happen down the field. He's a better runner than Trey is. Whatever. Hindsight's 2020. It is what it is, you know, but either way, it's just it leads. The, the reason that we're having this discussion is because of the frustration of this process of the number three pick. The world's your oyster. You, you can do whatever you want at this point. And then here we are. And we still don't know anything about this number three pick. And if you're reading whatever the the writing on the wall, whatever it is, it certainly feels like a breakup is on its way more it, there's more of a chance of a breakup than there is watching this young man flourish with the San Francisco 49ers and I think that is super frustrating because everyone was so excited um when he was drafted for it now to be in the state that it is in it is partly the 49ers fault and it is partly some bad luck just bad injury luck unfortunately and it's just the NFL's not fair life isn't fair but it's still frustrating that here we are and we're still regurgitating the same points and that's the problem I agree. I mean, I I think uh, in one aspect, I think, you know, Kyle Shanahan wants to save his job, which is not that he's on the cusp of getting fired or anything, no. you know, no. but if he swung and missed on Trey Lance and let's say Brock Purdy did not work out, that's a different story, right? Like if Brock Purdy didn't end up being what he showed last season, it would look terribly, right? So you hold on to that one thing that's that saved you. And, and that was Brock Purdy. And you see what you have with that. And to Brock Purdy's credit, he did look good. And I think he, he deserves played, this. Yeah. He, he played better in my opinion than Jimmy Garoppolo did. And he's very young. So I think he can even develop and grow to be way better than he was last season. And you watch your mouth. You watch your mouth talking about James Richard. <laughs> James Richard. No. <laughs> <laughs> but you know i'm gonna just i guess i'll just end the topic there one the pick didn't make sense picking trey lance and two brock purdy like you said he deserves this let's yeah. just let's leave it at that he does he absolutely does all right 30 minutes on the quarterback position not bad i mean it, it could have been a whole episode but mandatory minicamp does start today is that correct 
It does. And they canceled the last week of OTAs in order Second to move their mandatory mini camp up. Yeah, the same thing they did last year. Do you think that we see a Nick Bosa appearance? Uh, do we see a smaller bear? Mandatory. I mean, the when you look up mandatory, it sounds like you have to be there. Um, so, yeah, I hope so. And if he's not, whatever, they're still not going to find him. He should be fine. But I do think he'll be there. Um, he's working hard in Florida, so he'll be over there. That would be cool to see, too, as well. Pads go on for a little bit, right? Is that is that uh, how this works as well, too? Or are they still not allowed to put pads on? Oh, I don't know. You're asking the wrong person. <laughs> I'm, I'm asking the right person. Rob! Rob, Rob, answer the question, man. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it is good that, again, media is going to be there. And you know what? Let's tie yeah. back to the quarterback position. There's one throw out there that has been floating around <laughs> that everyone is making a, hor- a horrible big deal about. Yeah. And one throw out of so many – one way or another shouldn't tell you where development is. It shouldn't say, oh, my God, Trey, Trey's the man because he completed one pass. Or, oh, my God, Trey's cooked because he threw that pass to a five-foot-two equipment manager, by the way, not an NFL <laughs> hey, receiver. Nothing, nothing wrong with being that short. Oh, nothing wrong with I'm being just, a short king like that. You know, I'm just I'm saying, just like, saying. It, usually NFL wide receivers are taller. Uh, but it is going to be good to see at least two more days of, of, of camp because we've, we've kind of had some weird reports from OTAs. One person saying Jair Brown doesn't stand out. Brendan, are you saying Jair Brown is is stealing every single interception that he can and looks good? Two days in a row feel good, and we'll start to get a clearer picture of where guys are, what they've been doing, and as opposed to like one day this week, one day next week. I think that's the exciting part, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. And there's there's already been some guys that in OTAs have turned some heads. You mentioned one of them, Jair Brown. The other guy is Brendan Ayuk who his words were, I'm about to take off, right? So mm-hmm. I, I totally believe him when he says that. Sometimes, you know, you get some quotes this time of the year and you look back at the end of the season, you're like, that was cap. But I, I totally believe it when it comes to Brandon Ayuk. I think he's poised for a really great year. Um, so I'm excited for that. But there's some other battles too and some other question marks, some questions that we're going to get answered. You know, one of them being, you know, is Drake Jackson going to take a second year leap? And we're we're a step closer to getting that answer, I think, uh, as part of mandatory minicamp. But, you know, in hearing some of the assistant coaches speak last week with the with the media, I think we got a lot of good insight into where certain positions are. Like, I feel really great about, for example, the offensive line. I I think Chris Forster gave us a lot of insight and, and confidence that he was able to uh, talk about both uh, McKivitz and also Spencer Burford. So those, those spots are, are, you know, they're solidified, I think. And, and that's great. Cause I think for the last few years going into this time of the year, those spots or other spots on the offensive line haven't really been solidified. And we're like, who is it going to be? And now going into it, you're going to get more or less the same start as last year, except for McKivitz. And, but I think that's a, that's a really great place for this offensive line to be. I feel like that's an underrated position that you need to have sewn up because continuity and chemistry is a huge thing with offensive line play. That's going to help Chris McCaffrey, the run game. That's going to help the quarterback, whoever that is. I'm just kidding. Brock Purdy, Uh, same darn. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I, I think we got some good insight from from the coaches. And sorry, I'm just going to throw in this this other point, too, because Anthony Lynn spoke, and he said something very interesting. 
he he was mentioning like the Christian McCaffrey effect. Yep. And as we know, the Christian McCaffrey effect is many things, but what he was talking about was how it impacts the other running backs on the roster because mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey has such a unique skill set and in particular his threat as a receiver and what he could do there. And Anthony Lynn mentioned the fact that, you know, when Christian McCaffrey has to take a breather, we don't want to call different plays for another running back. And so more or less, they want to have their running back, whoever goes in to have the same skill set, more or less, than Christian McCaffrey has. So you have to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield. And so I think that's really important because that could potentially change the landscape of how this running back room looks as opposed to years past. Yeah, and I'm glad that you brought that up, actually, because Anthony Lynn spoke about Jordan Mason taking a leap in terms of catching passes. Shout out to Jordan Mason. Let that man cook. Get him on the field, please. But there is one guy that was not mentioned at all in the article, and it's time to put on our tinfoil hats. Uh Uh-oh. Elijah Mitchell. Not Mm. mentioned at all. He talked about CDP. He talked about Jordan Mason. Not once was Elijah Mitchell's name mentioned. And uh, Rob Gotti, thank you for the donation. No line, no shine. That's just what football is. And no rock, no block. We can do this all day, right? With all these these great sayings as well, too. Uh, shout out to Rob. But I did think that was kind of kind of eerie, right? Like, just why not? Why not him, right? Uh, why not Elijah Mitchell stuff? Is he has he been injured? Like, is he is he not participating in OTAs? Because I want to correlate it to this last year. Last year at training camp, Anthony Lynn spoke about. Every single running back on the roster, except for Trey Sermon. And what happened? Trey Sermon got released. I'm not saying Elijah Mitchell's getting released. I'm just, why is he not talking about Elijah Mitchell at all? Hmm, interesting. You know, in one of Grant's, uh, the good and not so good of OTA's practice, one of his write-ups, he put Elijah Mitchell in his not so good, and he said he wasn't participating. Uh-huh. He speculated whether or not that was because of an injury. We don't yeah. know. We haven't heard anything of the sort. But we also mm-hmm. haven't heard that he's been out there, right? Right. And now Anthony Lynn not mentioning Elijah Mitchell, who's a great running back. So I think, like, if you want to mention him, I think it's <laughs> – why would he do that? Why, why, so I... What's going on in Santa Clara, okay? <laughs> what's going on at 49-49 Eddie DeBartolo way, huh? What's going on? I think it's I think it's fair to question. You know me, Jay. Like I've been saying almost all offseason, I think Elijah Mitchell is a trade candidate at some mm-hmm. point. And you know what's funny is that this time last year, we're talking about it was last year, right? Trey Sermon. Um, you know, we're talking about that, and I think a lot of people are maybe comparing TDP to Trey Sermon, but completely different. This team, when you hear them talk about uh, tight of his price, I feel like there's still some optimism there. There's, there's still they want to see some something, and I think in actuality, the reason that he wasn't really on the field last year was more so because he didn't play special teams. Like it just didn't make sense from a, a logistical standpoint to have him active for game day. It's not the talent factor. It's not the the fit on this team factor. So I, I still think there's hope for TDP. That being said, a guy like Elijah Mitchell, who has trouble staying on the field, very talented running back, but your best of uh, your best ability is availability, and he doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. So I, I think 
it would make sense for the 49ers to look to move on from that sooner than later, especially with the emergence of Jordan Mason. And he absolutely, I think, deserves to to get more looks based on what he did last season. I thought he spelled uh, Christian McCaffrey pretty well. Yeah, and and again, you, you hit the nail on the head. Jordan Mason is a special teams contributor. That's why he's active on game days. And last year, he kind of just profiled as the closer, right, at the end of games. But I do think if you want to keep Christian McCaffrey healthy for 17 more games, the key to that is to not overwork him. And if Jordan Mason can keep the offense on schedule, and, and I love that you brought up about what Anthony Lynn said about, well, we can't just change everything that we're doing when Christian McCaffrey goes for a breather. We want to make sure that we run the same exact offense and these guys have to step up. If you can run that same sort of offense and Jordan Mason can show that he can be at least a little productive and give you at least the threat of that out of the backfield, then it just gives whatever the quarterback, whoever the quarterback is, another outlet, another another reason to feel safe when the progressions aren't there, when the, when the defense is pressuring you. You know where to go with the football. So, yeah, I, I love that Anthony Lynn said that because I do think that a lot of people believe that when McCaffrey's on the field, there's going to be play calls one way, but you can't tip that off to the defense in that way. You They, they cannot know that there are going to be things that are chance- – like there's no chance they're going to throw the ball to the backfield. Like you can't have that. We did see it a little bit last year with Elijah Mitchell, though, when he came back. Brock Purdy threw a touchdown pass to him, I believe, in the in the Seattle game as well, too. Like it's still there, and I think that that's a lot of what we we kind of forgot about Mitchell was that he was a little bit more of a pass catcher out of college. Um, but he hasn't really shown it in the league. You kind of you kind of almost thought he was going to be the third down back the year before, before Christian McCaffrey got there. So it's it's still something that, again, when you're talking about keeping defense on their toes is making sure that you can show them everything, you can make sure you can threaten them at all levels, and you don't take that away when one player is off the field. We can always sign Seven Coleman. <laughs> I think Rob, we uh we had another super chat um from the the Ink Talk. I think if if I'm not mistaken, if you want to get that, there we go. Um, Ink Talk TV says Purdy with all this experience still went last, and now he's the savior. I wonder if the Cowboys have this narrative with Cooper Rush. Nope, is Cooper Rush even their, their backup still? I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, I think to this point, the way that the Cowboys won games with Cooper Rush wasn't exactly the same as the way the 49ers were winning games with Brock Purdy. And for the 49ers to put up 30-plus points for the first time since, like, Steve Young in a long stretch like that, how many times they did that, I think it speaks more to Purdy being someone who was operating the offense at the highest level we've seen anybody under the Kyle Shanahan era. So um, I understand the sentiment with with that, but I I don't think Cooper Rush was really turning people's heads. They were just winning ballgames. And for me, the people that were trying to prop up Cooper Rush over Dak Prescott was probably people who – Love the stat of QB wins. Yeah, and as we know, there's there's no such thing. I mean, there's there's way more that goes into a quarterback winning games. And like we said, it's it's about how the games are won by the quarterback that I think gives me confidence in in Brock Purdy potentially being a guy. I don't know yet if he's the guy. Now the 49ers may think he is. He deserves that's a first shot. Them. He, that's up for them to decide. But he looked like a guy, right, it, um, last season based on what he did. So, yeah, he definitely uh, deserves a shot. Going back to uh, the topic of Elijah Mitchell, I I felt like last season, and, and like I talked about the fact that he's, he's a very, you know, talented back. Um, and if you look at the splits, 
for Christian McCaffrey's stats when Elijah Mitchell is there, Christian McCaffrey was way more efficient as as a runner and and vice versa. I think like they they both helped each other out a lot. But again, he can't stay on the field. So I think that's that's really what it all comes down to. And may, maybe a decision is going to come soon because right now the running back room, I think has a lot of potential. Like there's a lot of good talent there. Um, even people mentioning, um, is it Kalen, Kalen LeBorn? Um, mm-hmm. I think that's his name. I say his name. Yeah. So I know there was optimism around him too. I haven't gotten to see him. Uh, none of us have gotten to see him, but you know, there, there's some optimism there. So it, it's a really deep running back room. And as we know, someone good is gonna be let go either via trade or or released at some point like it happens every year with this team right Mm -hmm. because they know how to pick up running backs so that's just the nature of the game but we do have another super chat here Mm -hmm. um moe says i still can't reasonably think lance will be traded until we see how this season unfolds certain variables and the circumstances haven't fully materialized just can't be certain and make declarations I 100% agree with that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is that an objective, level-headed, reasonable take? Get get that get that off the screen, man. Are you kidding me, man? Who get that out of here? No, that's that's exactly right, right? Like honestly, that is exactly right. And that's the thing is, for a team that just saw their season and their Super Bowl hopes go down the drain because they lost all of these quarterbacks to injuries, getting rid of a quarterback now is your plan. That's the plan. That's the move now, right? Like, we're just going to let it roll with Sam Darnold and Brandon Allen, and God help you. I mean, Josh Johnson, I think he signed with somebody, so I don't even know if he can come back at this point. I, th- I think he's back in Baltimore or something like that. Like, he's going to be their yeah. third quarterback. So yeah. um, he can't even save you. Um, it's just you don't want it to be at a certain point in the season where you have all these injuries again, and you're you're asking yourself inside the building, should we call Cam Newton? Like, that's not what you want at all, right? Like, and I just don't think that that is something that's, for a team that is so convicted on keeping as many insulate or insulating your room, insulating convicted due diligence, all of those are, are buzzwords. buzzwords. <laughs> um, but I, I just don't, I, I don't see how that's a possibility right now, especially for what is the trade value that you're getting back? Like, you can't be that desperate to just say, we're done with you. You have to get, right. Johnson is in Baltimore. Yes. So Josh Johnson can't even save us, so. But I, I wonder, so I'm, I'm under the same like thought that to me, if they kept all three of these guys on the roster, that's great. Like, I feel like that's a, that's a good scenario. Like, why not? But I wonder if from the team standpoint, they think this is probably the best potentially time to trade Lance based on what they can get back because next year, when another year of not playing under his belt and he's maybe the QB three, I don't know. I'm just, and you, have to pick up his, and you have to pick up his fifth year option, which at the number three pick is not like $1 million. It is very, very reasonable. It's like a, it's a high salary. So it, it would be very difficult to yeah. trade Trey Lance, I think next year. So maybe they're kind of thinking ahead a little bit and saying, we have to do this now or it's not going to happen. And we're not going to get anything back. 
that's the one thing is the the fifth year option. I think that's probably yeah. what's more pressing than the trade value that you're going to get back. And that's why maybe you'll see such a low trade compensation sent because any team that sends something for Trey Lance has to pick up that fifth year option. And that is not cheap. He's the number three pick and he's a quarterback. So the way that the fifth year option goes, it's based on your draft capital and where and, and what position you play. So I don't know, Steph. Are we are we back talking about the quarterback position? I mean, we did we did have a we did have a super chat about it, so it's circled back. I'm but jo- yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm joking, but it's, it's just funny. I mean, despite Brock Purdy being QB one, it looks like we're still gonna have some conversations, you know, about about this position. Isn't it gonna be fun? This is the the best case scenario. Brock Purdy's ready for a week one, and he plays like the guy that we saw last year. And then we all look back on all these episodes and all of the tweets and all of the all of the discussions we had about what's going to happen with Sam and Trey, and it's all moot. And it didn't, and it never meant yeah. anything. It it mm-hmm. like I almost want to Mandela effect it away, like it, like it never happened. Like I almost remember something like that happening, but it didn't happen. But that's the fun part of the offseason. You have to argue about something, and especially with, you know, the up in the air thing with Brock Purdy. But best case scenario is, you know, Brock's back and he's ready to go. That's it. You know, and then we can put all this behind us and we can focus on this team. We're getting closer and closer to training camp. Almost 40-something days. Steph, I get to see you and hang out with you. Isn't that? Isn't we'll, that see, like, we'll see. I'll, I'll see if I'm out there because uh, I got to look at the dates first. The dates have to work out. But, mm-hmm. but. <laughs> But how damn. how dare you how dare you but i will see you for sure for the joint practices uh, vegas baby because we got to see our man jimmy right oh god i can't wait jimmy look get ready get healthy i need this defense to have a get confidence healthy. boost get healthy man get out there five <laughs> interceptions in a row come on you can do it again Come on, man. You need to help out. I want I want to see Jair Brown take a jump. I want him to get this confidence. He's intercepting passes. Help the 49ers still, buddy. All right. Um, I think we have one, we have one more um super chat, and then I think we'll get out of here. So all right. Tyler, thank you again, buddy. I think also we value our running backs more than our quarterbacks. So we value them less. So the more quarterbacks, the better. Hell, sign another quarterback. We might need it. Hundred percent. Like bring five quarterbacks in. And I think that's kind of why they're they're reaching into the XFL and, and looking for guys. Look, Teddy Bridgewater's unsigned. Um, there's a few quarterbacks out there that that have actually had experience. Like Teddy just should be like a one-game, you know, break in case of emergency, like break class in case of emergency type guy. Um, but yeah, regardless, I just don't know how you've seen so many injuries happen. And then your season ends because you ran out of quarterbacks, and now's the time for you to say, we've got to get rid of the quarterbacks. But that fifth-year option does make this a little pesky. A little bit pesky as well, too. Um, and I would love Jameis to be here, but he signed to be Derek Carr's backup, unfortunately. That that would have been the reclamation project. Not Sam Darnold. It would have been Jameis. I would have been, I would have been way more bullish on Jameis being here than uh than him because you actually saw a quarterback, a, a, a quarterback play well under Sean Payton. Sean Payton reeled him in and and he still has arm talent. I would have loved to have seen that, but yeah. Huh. All right, Steph. Well, 50 minutes. Thank you for joining, guys. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to all three of our channels, um, Gold Standard Podcast Network, my channel, Jason Aponte, Steph49K. Make sure that you are subscribed to the Gold Standard Podcast Network wherever you get all of your audio podcasts. Also, check out the new website, goldstandardniners.com, and make sure you follow the Instagram page, GSN49ers, for all your funny reels and clips from all the shows as well, too. Steph, 
Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Thank you for all the super chats. For Jason, for Steph, we're out of here. Peace. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.